1: I would go into somebody's home and say, you know, what do you
0: hate about this space the most?
1: You know, and then you say, That's there. a good
0: question to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you hate? Mm-hmm. Yes, because if it's the floors, if you can't stand the floors, well, then you're going to want to put time and money into that first. Right, right. That's Libby Castro, one of the owners of LPW Design Studios. And she's a very talented and successful interior designer. She's here to help you get the home of your dreams. Let's get started. You're listening to the Fifty Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth Kay, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is Fifty Shades of K. Thanks for being here, Libby. Thank you, Elizabeth. So for those of you that don't remember Libby, let me refresh your memory. She was on Fifty Shades of K to talk about a woman's retreat she started in Italy How amazing does that sound? But she's also one of the owners of LPW Design Studios, and she's a very talented and successful interior designer. I put this up on my Facebook page, Libby, and I emailed you before the interview. I kind of threw out there to some of my Facebook friends. If you could ask an interior designer anything, what would you ask? And I could not keep up. With the questions that were coming coming forward because a lot of people, especially now with DIY and HGTV, yep. Pinterest, you get all these ideas, mm-hmm. but you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. First, though, you mentioned something in the email that you want to clarify what the difference is between an interior designer and an interior decorator. Right. What is that difference? Because maybe that can help people narrow down who they should hire for a sure. project.
1: Absolutely. So an interior designer is going to be someone who is... Trained, you know, has a degree whether it's in interior design or it's in architecture. Like my degree is in architecture, and then I have done interiors over the last ten years. It's someone who can, who can understand different facets of a project and also understand, you know, the order of things. So if you are essentially doing new construction, or if you're doing, uh, if you're remodeling a space, they would know the sequence of events in which to do first and and follow through with so if you know we we uh will call the electrical contractor first and then we have the drywall put in and then we have the painters come in and then that we makes have total the, sense yeah know. so it's all all of that kind of thing now a decorator would be uh somebody who could you know if if all you're really lacking is confidence of you know maybe what to replace or w- what uh area rug to get, what lamps, what accessories, you know, what furniture maybe. That would be a place where you would hire a decorator because they are typically people who do not have a degree necessarily in design but who have an eye for it or a knack for it, an ability to put a space together.
0: That seems very different. I mean, if you're redoing a bathroom or something like a kitchen, I mean, a comp- completely changing the space, Mm -hmm. you would definitely want an interior designer over a decorator because you're trying to pick faucets and light fixtures and flooring and and all of that. And that's kind of what you do. Right. There's a big
1: difference in price between a designer and a decorator. So that is something that somebody has to weigh as well. Do you want somebody to take care of it or and and take care of everything and somewhat leave you out of the decision-making process and present to you ideas and everything? That would be more a designer. Or do you want someone who's like a best friend, second opinion, another eye, somebody who will go shopping with you, say, "Yeah, I think, you know, that's the right way to go." That's more of a decorator. And there's a huge difference. Yeah, no, a decorator is going to be about a third of what I would charge
0: per hour. Well, and that's actually what Kim Mm-hmm. One of the questions on Facebook, how much does it cost to use an interior designer? Is that a broad question? Does it yeah. really depend on It totally
1: depends on what the what the project is? It is, what hourly, the scope is? is it an it hourly Is it an hourly type be. thing?
0: Or is so, it a space?
1: It can thing? it can be an hourly thing. It just depends on how much involvement you need that person to take. If you need to if you're just not sure how to do a few different things and you're just hiring them for a few different things, then they might charge hourly. I do a project fee so that I can, some things are going to just take longer and others are not going to take as long you know, let's to say, do some of the research.
0: Let's be specific here. Let's mm-hmm. say, because one day I will be redoing my master bath. I can't <laughs> wait for that day. Let's mm-hmm. say I'm redoing a master bath, which is probably the size of the room we're in right now. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the size? Six by eight or something. Okay, like yeah, this yeah. is about the size of our master mm-hmm. bathroom. But the is going to all stay where it is, but I want to get tile flooring. I want to get sort of a glass shower with some tiling in there just throwing that kind of out there maybe Mm -hmm. some marble countertops what are we talking about a fee for something like that just a small bathroom space like how would how do you charge that and And i'm not going to hold you to this one day and say oh libby you said on my podcast (laughs) but just a rough rough ballpark sure rough estimate you said the the plumbing fixtures are all staying meaning like we're not moving a sink from one
1: side to the other side But you're getting a new sink. Yes. So it will be new selections and things like that. So what I tend to do is I would count up about how many hours I think it's going to take. And then I charge the not to exceed fee of the minimum amount of hours I think it would take.
0: Oh, got it. That makes sense. And for people that are interested, I mean, I'm sure they think, oh, gosh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But I also sort of feel like this is a space. For example, a master bath that you yeah. are going to use every single day. Right. You want to love it. It's how you start your day. It's how you end your day. Yeah. So I feel like, can you really put a price tag on that? <laughs> right. And it's also, I, I've heard you say that actually
1: on air. And I, I think that's really true. And I I also think that, you know, there are millions of, even if you go to a place like Home Depot, there are millions of different ways you could take a space the other thing that is really great about working with a decorator or a designer is that they know how to narrow down the millions of options
0: and say, here's three. I think, you know, pick from these three, I which think is this what would be appropriate. And that's what some people need. Sometimes yes. they just need people to lay it out and keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the project can get really overwhelming. That's a great way to answer that question. So Lisa also put up on Facebook, what are some simple ways to decorate a small apartment on little to no money. I think the
1: simplest thing to do is to reuse what you already have and maybe just freshen it up, like paint it or use it in different ways. In small spaces, I think what's really important is that you can use things in multiple ways. So your ottoman is maybe storage for blankets and pillows or you know something like that. Or your ottoman is a soft and cushy ottoman that somebody could sit on or you can put a tray on top of it and then it
0: becomes a coffee table.
1: You know, like smart that kind because of thing.
0: if you don't have the space for a mm-hmm. coffee table, but you still need seating and you need storage. Yeah. That's a great solution for that. Yeah. That's a great, great answer. Yeah. Um, it's- Alyssa has a question. When you start updating your home, do you typically start with color of the walls? Do you start with furniture? Do you start with flooring and then work off of that? That's also site specific. I would go into somebody's
1: home and say you know, what do you hate about this space the most, you know, and then you start That's there. a
0: good question to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you hate? Mm-hmm. Yes, because if it's the floors, mm-hmm. if you can't stand the floors, well, then you're going to want to put time and money into that first. Right. That right. is a really good way to think about it. It may yeah. seem kind of negative, but I get it. It's like, yeah. what do you want
1: out of here? Yeah. And does it drive you crazy because it doesn't match, you know, what you have or whatever? And how much then do you love the piece of furniture that you have that is going over the floor that you hate, or is it the other way around? Is, is the floor okay? It just doesn't go with my furniture at all. Mm -hmm. And, which do I like more, you know, do I like my furniture or can I deal with ditching the furniture and getting something else? That
0: and it's not a hard question to answer, because mm-hmm. if you ask any homeowner, they can list off right away what yeah. they just can't stand about the kitchen or the living room or whatever in the house. That's a really simple way to solve that problem. Yeah. Get rid of what you hate first and then yeah. go from there. Uh, Susan's question is wallpaper coming back? It is. It, it absolutely is. I mean, to a certain extent, I don't think it ever really left. It just changed style. It became you know? such a pain, mm-hmm. though, I feel like, for people that wanted to take it off once they got sick of it. But have they gotten better with that? I just remember my grandma and my mom... Spending so much time at houses and apartments peeling wallpaper. And I stood there as a kid thinking, I never want to do this in my house. Yeah. It looks great when it's up.
1: Yeah, it can. You know, I'm like for me, I'm on the fence with with certain things. I have a mid-century modern home. And so I don't. and, And they actually had wallpaper like on every single surface. That was the first thing that we did. We just skinned the whole Remove house. Remove what you hate. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we removed what we hated. In a way, though, I think that that was, in a way, good for us because I think a lot of other people couldn't see past the hideous wallpaper that was on every single surface. And so they would walk in and walk out and be like, oh, this house is horrible, you know. And I could see past that. I knew with without the wallpaper on the walls, you know, it was going to be awesome space and I think it really is great space now. So I'm always hesitant for myself personally to put wallpaper in because because I do See that it can uh, you can get sick of it, and then you either have to remove it at some point, or you have to wallpaper over it with something else.
0: Oh no, so. really? Wallpaper on top of wallpaper? Oh yeah. I feel bad for whoever has to have that home one day and yeah. take that off. That happened to us. We had we had several layers, like oh, especially in the gosh. bathrooms. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, wallpaper in the bathrooms. Is wallpaper better when used in smaller spaces? Because I feel like now when I see it. I see it in some, like, formal dining rooms, mm-hmm. or I will see it in a bathroom. Although my sister, as I'm speaking here, her house that she bought, she put wallpaper on this one accent wall that sort of breaks the living room from the kitchen, and it has a little, like, cutout at the top. She has these big vaulted ceilings, and it's shiplap wallpaper. Mm, cool. It's super cool. When yeah. I walked in, I'm like, when the hell did you put shiplap <laughs> up? It's not. It's wallpaper. So yeah. is wallpaper best used in simple, smaller spaces?
1: I think so. I think it can be really impactful. And then it is not as much of a commitment, you know, but it's... It's just, it's a, small yeah, just, just a small bathroom or just a wall. Yeah. Okay. I think so. But, you know, the other thing that's really hot right now is uh, mural type of things. So they just take one wall and do it. It was very popular in the 70s, you know, to have like a wooded scene or something like that or like a landscape or something as a big wall mural and that is sort of coming back not necessarily in the same scenery and the same type of photography that was was there before but that's but not definitely... a whole
0: room just maybe a wall yep. of that
1: yeah okay yeah
0: this is a good question from michelle as we talk about walls wood paneling mm-hmm. should you paint it yeah
1: i mean it's you have to see it you know you have to see what it is because we have a lot of wood paneling in our house too but it was it's real wood first of all and it is very authentic from the time of the hou- that the house was built and it matches the wood beams that we have throughout the house and, and everything too. So, I tend to like it. Then we've got wood paneling in our bedroom that I'm not like thrilled about, but I I didn't paint it, you know, but then I've seen other people paint it before and it looks fantastic. It looks, you know, it looks really nice and
0: fresh. So it's kind of a preference. Yeah,
1: it's really you you have to see the room and see what they want to
0: do with it and what the furnishings are and what's the style and everything. Right. Heidi's question. They are remodeling their whole house. Mm -hmm. What are the latest color trends? Biggest do's and don'ts? Heidi elaborated on this and said she's worried that they're going to maybe do something that's too trendy, but yet when they want to sell their home in about 10 years, is it going to be outdated? And I can appreciate what Heidi's saying because I'm always worried about that as well, Mm -hmm. that I I want a house to look modern, but not too modern, that then you've just screwed yourself down the road. I
1: think paint... For instance,
0: is pretty cheap. So if it makes you happy and it's you know
1: a color that you want and maybe you feel it's trendy, I th- I say go for it anyway because you can always repaint you know before you sell if that's what your goal is. But my design aesthetic tends to be pretty neutral anyway, so I like to layer whites and I like to keep things bright and you know somewhat neutral where I add pops of color and stuff like that are things that are inexpensive. So, I mean, and that goes for all different trends. Like if there is a certain trend, I think you say it, agate or agate? Countertops are. What is that? um, It's a type of stone and it looks like descending shapes of stone, you know, like that you would get in the side of a mountain or something like that. Cool. But instead of doing it on a whole kitchen countertop or something like that, I would do that in side tables or a coffee table, something that is inexpensive to change out because, you know, it might be like the 70s wood coffee tables that were, you know, the live edge uh, (laughs) coffee table that really has gone out. Now it's come back in style, but it's come back in style with that same top, but a very different type of base. So you can never really count on things like that that are trendy. I wouldn't put them in big
0: pieces like kitchen counters. Right. So a kitchen counter or like a certain type of backsplash or something mm-hmm. like that because that is a really big commitment yes. and that can completely outdate right the and space. And if you're not
1: planning to on be there remodeling
0: in 5 years, you know, because that's
1: about how long some of those trends usually last.
0: You are right though that you can definitely incorporate pieces like an end table or mm-hmm. A certain type of bar stool or something like that mm-hmm. that can really make it modern and mm-hmm. trendy, but not break the bank. If yep. in five years you look at this and say this is not a thing anymore, yeah. How often does someone like you do you update pieces like that? Well,
1: you you know in in commercial. I'm talking. I'm saying I mean, like or even
0: like in your home, like for home. someone like you for mm-hmm. end tables or pillows and throws. How often do you do that? I mean, are you someone that does it seasonally? No not end tables, pillows and throws. Yes,
1: I would. And, you know, I would like to say I do it more often than I do, but I have this sofa in my living room that I love. It's actually older than me. It was my parents. Wow. Did you get it reupholstered? um, They had it reupholstered. I've been meaning to get it reupholstered, but even for me at my price and, you know, I, I can get fabric for free half the time. It's still expensive and I just haven't gone for it yet. That's a family heirloom that you yes. still have that. And, and what, a, what a durable couch. couch. Yeah. But what I do is I put throws over the areas that are falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> See, even Libby yeah. has this at her house. Right. It's one of those expenses that I'm like, oh, you know, family vacation or uh, recover my couch. Uh, you know, family vacation. You know, yeah. Exactly. But what do you do with
0: the old pillows?
1: So, um, Do you donate I just, them? Yeah.
0: I just give those to Goodwill or something like that. And they'll take things like pillows? hmm Yeah. Because I'm so Sounds sick of the pillows yeah. in our living room. I'm just mm-hmm. sick of them. Yeah. So pillows, things like that, that's just easy to replace. Yeah. You can keep the inserts, you know, just get new covers and stuff like that. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what do you do with a room that you know you won't use? Like a formal mm-hmm. living room, a formal dining room, spaces like that, maybe yeah. a guest room. Like, what do you suggest to someone that has something like that?
1: Well, what would they use? You know, what would they use and make that room into something that they would use? Could I de- know, Like so. a workout room, yeah. meditation room, yeah. library? People do um, formal dining rooms as playrooms for their kids, you know, and that's where all the toys go and everything. So, yeah, I mean, just think about what you would use and would it be easy enough to take down a wall between one space
0: and another and make it a a larger room? And would you use it more often than if you That's a great idea. Yeah, Mm -hmm. think about what you would use the space for. Mm -hmm. Megan's question, what decor items are better to invest in? Or which ones are better to look for deals when it comes to furniture, area rugs? You and I were kind of talking before we recorded this podcast. You can go to a Home Goods Mm -hmm. or a Pier 1 and get really great pieces that don't break the bank. But does it make more sense to go more high-end? For a couch or a rug. You, you know,
1: that's a weird thing about furniture and accessories is there is a huge disparity between, you know, some of the the less expensive retailers like Target and World Market and Pier One. And then there's really high end stuff going to design within Reach or Roche Beaubois or some of those other larger retailers. My where, high end I'm like pottery bar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Or even better The right. ones I mean, you've mentioned, I'm like, I don't even know those ones yet, yeah. but I want to check them out. I'm sure my husband will want me to.
1: <laughs> so there's a big difference, and I would say again, you have to think about how often you'd want to change
0: something out. So I because that's like, a commitment. Yeah. If you're going to be dropping quite a few thousand dollars on mm-hmm. a table, right? You want to love that table, yeah. Right. But is it really more? Is it more durable if it's more expensive? Is it better quality typically? Sometimes, yeah.
1: Usually it is, you know, but even at that price, think about, especially here in Wisconsin, because there's so many great craftsmen and women. um,
0: They they, are. My father-in-law makes custom cabinets and he makes furniture too. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And
1: so think about investing in a really nice, uh, you know, name brand dining room table. You could actually probably most likely get it built and custom built for less so and that's always better quality than you know something you can buy at a retailer
0: that's another great tip Mm -hmm. Libby that's really good advice Uh, so this question our final question comes from my buddy Julio he and his wife are expecting twins yeah crazy uh they're super excited about it but they are designing a bedroom for twins in a space that is small so Julio and his wife want to know aesthetically and functionally can you put a changing table/dresser in front of a window? Can you do that? And then he also wanted to know cribs next to each other versus cribs apart. Mm-hmm. What's better?
1: Depending on how, you know, high the window is or low the window is, you can certainly put any kind of table or changing table in front of a window as long as the back side of it is meant to be seen. And if it's going to be seen from, you know, the backyard or whatever. So you can you can certainly do that. And I am a we always had our changing tables on top of the girls' dressers. As well. So mm-hmm. I always just kind of did two for one with that. And then whether you put the cribs together or apart, I, that unfortunately is going to depend a little bit on um, the girls, you know, or like if the if babies, they, yeah. Yeah, the babies, if they're going to want to be close together. Like, you know, my sister, uh, my two oldest sisters, they're a year apart. And my mom couldn't figure out how the youngest one got into the oldest one's crib every day <laughs> until she heard this noise and she went to the door and she saw my sister scooting her way across the the room in her crib. She picked her little sister up put her in the crib, and then scooch the crib all the way back to the that other side of the room. That is
0: really <laughs> cute. That is a really cute visual. Yeah, yeah who knows? These babies may not want to be by each other, right. or they may want to be sleeping by each other. Yeah. So I guess yeah, that might just depend on what happens once the babies are here.
1: Yeah, just wait. And aesthetically, (laughs) things I don't think think about
0: because I've never been pregnant with twins. Where it's like, where do you put the crib? Julio's got a lot to think about with these babies that are coming.
1: (laughs) Right. No, that's that's
0: a great answer. Well, thank you so much, Libby, for taking the time to answer these questions from these Facebook friends of mine to get inside the mind of an interior designer. And if you want to reach out to Libby or connect. It's lpwstudios.com. Perfect. Yes. And we will link that all up at 991themix.com. Thanks for ever back on, Libby. Thank you. This has been the Fifty Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,